Hey there, are you ready to build a fitness business that becomes a true income producing asset? Then I welcome you to the Fitness Business Freedom Show brought to you by Fitness Revolution. I am your host, Justin Hanover, and we have over 15 years of experience building thriving fitness businesses, and we are committed to sharing our knowledge and expertise with you. You can expect to hear proven business foundations and frameworks, success stories from our coaching partners, and guest experts to give you straight answers for your biggest questions. It doesn't matter if you have an online business, fitness facility, or operate as an independent trainer you are in the right place to grow your business and create the personal freedom you desire. Welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Justin Hanover, success coach with Fitness Revolution. Now, before we dive in and bring today's guest on, I want to share a little bit about what you can expect to hear and who I'm talking to. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dean Carlson. Dean believes that health and fitness professionals and gym owners do some of the most important work in the world and deserve to make a great living doing what they love. Having scaled and sold one training gym in a seven-figure deal, he is still an active co-owner with his wife, Nancy, of another training gym, CR8 Fitness, which keeps his knowledge of the fitness space current and practical. His mission is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs and gym owners create businesses that are wildly profitable and easier to run. Dean is a certified advisor and founding fixer for Fix This Next and an advanced level profit first professional coach. In 2016, he was recognized as the high performance business of the year and in 2018 earned the Mind Body Visionary Award. He is a featured columnist in the Personal Fitness Professional Magazine, writing on the topic of business cash management. Now, within this episode, Dean talks all about financial fitness and how life-changing it is for you, the owner, when it, this area is on point. If you want to learn how to make every dollar you have coming into your business work for you, then this is a must episode to listen to. And on that note, Let's go ahead and get Dean on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Fitness Revolution. So you started your fitness business and you've been in the game now for a few years. You might have even seen some good growth over those years, but now you feel stuck. You feel like the momentum you once had just isn't there and you don't know how to get it back. Should you be focusing on your marketing, your sales, or your team? What is the next bottleneck to focus on that will allow you to break the chains holding you back? This is a great question, and one of the biggest skills as an owner is to be able to understand and identify the next biggest issue to keep your business moving forward. And that is exactly why Fitness Revolution has created our proprietary needs assessment to allow you to quickly see where your business stacks up and receive immediate feedback on what to focus on next. It's a quick 10-question assessment that will be able to provide valuable feedback to get past sticking points and hit your next goal. Whether you are stuck in the moment or feeling frustrated with your current progress, or you just want to dial in what's working, this assessment is the first step to making that happen. I invite you to head over to the show notes where a direct link to the needs assessment will be so you can easily access it there. Now, let's jump into today's show. Dean, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to spend it with me, talking and sharing your insights to help other gym owners. Well, appreciate you having me on, Justin. The pleasure is all ours. So I want to start with uh, 
giving some perspective um, as to like kind of like who you are and uh, uh, how you got to where you are now. So I like, kind of like that that thousand foot overview of Dean. Sure. So um, I am a, a fitness, um, a profit first professional coach. That's why I'm here. Uh, but I'm also still a gym owner, a gym owner. Um, my wife and I have owned gyms for going on 14 years. So uh, we started that adventure back in 2008 and uh, uh, don't want to make too long, uh, you know, too long of a story. But basically, we started with one paying client in our backyard. Uh, we built up to two businesses, uh, two locations, uh, serving about 420 clients. And then three years ago, we decided to sell um, Giffen, New Hampshire, which I know you've talked to Megan Spat, who uh, so she's a superstar. And so uh, she worked for me for uh, a number of years. And when we were ready, when I was ready to say, hey, uh, this has been a, a good ride, but uh, uh, Megan's ready to take the reins and uh, she's done a fantastic job. So we sold that to her a little over three years ago now, and we still run one facility. My wife is the primary uh, operator of that, Create Fitness here in uh, Epsom, New Hampshire. We still, we serve about a hundred clients um, out of a gym, which was our first location. And I'm pointing that way, like, you know, anybody can see that, but uh, the gym's actually about 60 yards that way right on our own property so it's oh, nice. it's, a, it's a pretty cool setup yeah that yeah. is an ideal setup so uh then meaning quickly we kind of like recap that like what brought you to the profit first world yeah that's a great question so as we were scaling up the business um particularly uh Gipfin, new hampshire was the name of both locations obviously at that time but we were scaling up the business really fast um, and I was having a challenge with a couple questions in particular. Um, one was, um, how do I know how much taxes I should be putting away on a regular basis, right? Like we scaled from 10,000 to about 50,000 in a little under two years. So it was between two and three years, I should say. So, you know, I would, I would check in with my accountant and I would say, Hey, you know, like we're growing at this rate, you know, how much taxes should I put away? And uh, he's a good guy, but he basically told me, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, do what you're doing now. Cause it seems to be working, you know, well, uh, and, and it was a similar issue with owner's pay, right? Like we're scaling up, but what's fair or what's a correct proportion for us as owners to be taken out versus reinvesting back into the business, those type of questions. Um, so through a set of circumstances, uh, Mike Michalowicz, who wrote Profit First, has written some other books. And uh, he mentioned, I was reading one of his other books, and he mentioned this Profit First thing. So of course, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out what that is. But basically, um, that's how I got into running the Profit First system in our own business. Um, it solved those two questions. The other question it really solved was a lot of times as a business grows, um, your income and your operating expenses, are, they're growing simultaneously. There's no, there's no gap that's happening there, right? So it's, it's like, uh, I remember at Cressy one time saying, you know, would you rather run a, or maybe it was Pete, his partner, you know, would you rather run a huge business at this profit margin or a small business at a bigger profit margin. And obviously the smaller business you can run at the bigger profit margin, the less headaches you have. Um, so if you're going to keep doing this, there's no point really when it comes down to it, except for, um, you know, 
ego as it were yeah so so i mean so it really solved all three of those problems and it does that basically by working off a a percentage basis of of your revenues uh, for each of those categories so so basically uh, i implemented into our business Uh, i was in fr mastermind with a bunch of great guys and uh you know we just talked about it and it was a common thread like this is these are common challenges, not just in fitness business, but a lot of service businesses in particular. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided, hey, I'm going to go get my credential to be a profit first pro coach. And uh, that's when I started working with fitness businesses. About uh, it's been five or six years now. That's awesome. And, I, and I'm, I'm really I'm excited to have this conversation because I think the, the profit first model is like, I'm a complete fan of it. And I remember like when I first read the book, um, like four years ago, uh, that was like one of the biggest like epiphanies for me. It was yeah, like, just this should, like a, this should be mandatory reading for every small business owner. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited to have you on here to share this because this is um, this is huge. I mean, taking over your over your your financial health is uh, massive because I mean it's obviously one of the biggest stressors that we deal with. Absolutely. Uh, so not having to stress about it is uh, is definitely a, a huge win in, in the life column. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's push into that now a little bit more. Like let's start with the kind of breaking down exactly what is the the profit first system and and why is this a better model to operate from? Sure. So. Uh- you know, traditional accounting, um, what's called the gap method, right? Generally accepted accounting principles. So if you, if you're, if you look on your QuickBooks or whatever you use for your financials, um, if you look at them at all, uh, which is another question for a lot of us, this is one more thing to do, right? Uh, but you're going to see at the top, it's going to have your gross income, it's going to have all your expenses, right? And then at the bottom, it's going to have usually it's called net profit, right? So, so income minus expenses equals profit. Well, the challenge with that is particularly when you're looking at a profit and loss statement on a monthly basis is it doesn't show two major items. It doesn't normally show owner's pay for the way most business owners, uh, service business owners pay themselves. So if you're not on payroll, if you take owner's draws, which most service-based businesses do, at least in the beginning, if they're an LLC in particular, that's not going to show up on a profit and loss statement. And the other big item that doesn't show up is, is taxes. Um, that does not show up on a PL until you actually write the check to the IRS. So if you do that quarterly, it'll show up once a quarter, right? So I mean, those things right size them th- themselves, the tax one in particular over the course of a year. But on a micro level, when you're looking at it, it just doesn't make any sense because you're looking at your bank account and it, you're saying, OK, my bank account, my profit and loss statement says I have this much money. My bank account, I don't have anywhere close to that much money. So what's going on here? Right. So um, the profit first system really flips a lot of that on its head and it gives a system to run your your business um, not off a profit and loss statement, such as it were, but actually right out of bank accounts, right? So uh, we set up five primary bank accounts. I'll just run through them. There's an income account. So that's where all your money that comes into the business comes in. There's a profit account. There's a tax account, an owner's pay account, and an operating expense account. And basically what happens is for every dollar that comes into the uh, into the income account, you're going to allocate by percentage into each one of those other accounts. The secret to the, the reason that's called profit first is we always want to set aside a little bit of money right off the bat, even if it's only one percent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
into a profit account. And the reason you want to do that is, uh, number one, it guarantees that you're making a profit in the business, but it also starts to get you in the mindset of discipline and controlling operating expenses. Uh, you know, if you can't run off 99%, um, it's, you're going to have a real hard time scaling, right? You know, yeah. every dollar that comes in, it's already going out the window, right? Um, you, you have a fundamental problem that you've identified, right? So that's the overview of the profit first system. Um, and basically, you know, if it's in your account, uh, you know, most people run out of one account. You can stop me anytime you want because I'll get wound up here. But but uh, <laughs> most of us just run out of one checking account. That's what I always did, right? We had that's a checking account. Doing. Yeah. So you have money coming in, you have money coming out. If at the end of the month, uh, you got a positive number, you feel good about yourself. <laughs> or, you know, if you got a negative number, uh, you, you know, at least it's, it's really behavioral when it comes right down to it, right? Because I know when we ran out of one account, like if I had a bunch of money at the end of the month, I'm like, cool, I can buy some new equipment, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, and if I didn't have money at the end of the month, I'm like, crap, what do I got? What am I going to do now? Right. And, uh, in our industry, it's not so much as it used to be, although I still have clients that do it, but a lot of times you get into a cash crunch and what do you do? You run something like a paid in full or you sell discounted discounted services, right? And you're really just shooting yourself in the foot because yeah. while you got that, you get all that money up front, I'm preaching to the choir here, but I mean, you get all that money up front and you still got to service, service it over the next 12 months. You, you've not really done yourselves any favors. So by maintaining a disciplined uh, percentage in an operating expense account, you can really, uh, it really focuses what you're doing as far as, you know, what your bills really are. Absolutely. And it definitely gives you a, a great, like you like you said, you can easily understand the health of your business by quickly looking at your bank accounts rather than, because I know that was one of the biggest stresses for me when I, before, when I was operating out of one account, like I didn't really know what I could spend and what I couldn't spend. Right. Uh, and it's just like a toss up because like, you really don't know. I mean, how, how could you possibly track every little thing and, and, and know what future is coming out too. That's right. uh, and it was a very stressful place to be. And, and I remember it, like, especially the taxes, obviously like that really stressed me out uh, of it being able to plan for that. Plus just like, Run it. I mean, fixing things like things break in your business, you got to fix them. So, yep. like that's money going out that you weren't necessarily planning on. Um, right. So, it, it definitely is a, a huge switch uh, when it comes to that perspective. So now, like, people may be asking, okay, like, is this something that you have to start doing once you start making a certain amount? Like, what does it look like for someone who's just starting out versus someone who's doing, say, twenty k plus a month? Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. So, I mean. The book, uh, the, the primary book, uh, Profit First, has establishes percentages based on like your revenue levels, right? So there's one uh, zero to two fifty, which would be twenty thousand a month, approximately, and under has a certain um, percentage. Uh, and what we found out for service-based businesses, in particular, is it was really hard to operate off of. So there's a um, what we would call a derivative book called Profit First for um, Micro Gems. Uh, written by a friend of mine, actually um, good guy. And it, it establishes a different set of percentages. But what we find out is, is they scale really well up to the $20,000 level, that base, that base percentage. Um, and obviously, you, you know, part of what I do as a coach, um, usually, um, 
not getting in with somebody right at the beginning of their business. So I'm usually coming in afterward and triaging. Um, my, my advice is the earlier that you can start running it in your business life cycle and live within, these percentages are not random. Basically, we, you know, if you take a look at hundreds of businesses and the businesses that I've worked with and said, yeah, these are workable percentages. Um, for instance, uh, labor is always a big one, right? So you know, what should the percentage of my labor be? And, um, you know, back when I was running our business, um, we found that we could run labor at about 25%, um, 25% total income would be labor. Um, and then you look at the, the look at the books and look at the research that's been done. And that's exactly where it's pegged at like 25%. And, and you find out that a lot of, a lot of businesses get themselves into trouble really early with, with labor percentage and we're, they're running 50 and 60%. And it's really hard hole to dig out of. Um, so that's a long winded way of saying, if you can establish that percentage, um, right at the beginning, for instance, that's just one and, and hold to that as the business scales, uh, it's going to, you're going to be in a lot better position as far as that goes. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point to bring up because I think a lot of people don't necessarily even understand what percentage of like different areas of their business should it be taking? Like you said, like when it comes to different overhead expenses, like your rents or, or your, your payroll, like, I think they just operate where it's just like, oh, okay, well, that's what it costs. That's what it costs. And it's right. like, that's what I'll, what I'll do. And, and then next thing you know, you said they're, they're in this hole so deep that it's like, it doesn't matter what you charge. Uh, it's kind of hard to overcome that. Um, so I think that's a, it's a really important thing in becoming more of a, a knowledgeable business owner to, to make better decisions. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, it's, it's like, it's guardrails. You're putting a guardrail on your business, right? I mean, you're saying, all right, I know that to run a healthy business, I have to run somewhere around this 25% for labor, or I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to be in trouble. And the, uh, the interesting thing too is, and, and just one point is, you know, back in the day when E-Myth first came out, it was, it's about working on your business instead of working in your business, right? Well, what sometimes as business owners, what we find is we try to make that change all at once. And really it's a continuum, right? If you're, the, the more that you're paying yourself, the less you're able to pay other people because there's only so much of a pool and then the other way around. So the business really needs to, you need to be doing business owner type of things, but you have to understand that you still, you got, you usually still have to do some technician work for a while in your business. It's not just a switch, right? So, and, and the profit first system kind of puts guardrails into that. So let's say, for instance, if owner's pay is 15%, well, you're not going to be able to, live off just 15% of income usually when you're first starting a business, right? So there's your, there's your guide, guard, guardrail, right? You have 15% owner's pay. Well, how much of the actual technician work do I have to do out of that 25%? And then as the business grows, those percentages start gapping to where they should be. So um, it's really pretty cool um, when you start thinking in those in those, in that way. I mean, I'm an analytical guy, obviously. So percentages just make sense to me um, as far as that goes. So. Oh, definitely. It's, it, just to kind of squash that, that I like, squash this particular question. And it's like, is there ever any time where a, a business owner should not uh, operate this way? Like whether they're under a certain type of stress or something like that. I mean, is there ever a time when you would say, okay, let's put a pause on this. 
Uh, not that I can think of. Um, you know, if you're in that kind of a situation, if you, if you have an existential problem, that's something that, that this system identifies pretty quickly um, as far as that goes. I mean, I know a lot of folks, uh, a lot of people in general in, in business, but during the whole COVID thing, particularly when there was so many shutdowns, um, the temptation is I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah. The reality is, hey, I need to learn how to do it within the context of what the situation on the ground is. Um, right now. So, and that, you know, that can be a hard thing, right? Because sometimes it, it, it leads to having to make hard decisions, but you have a friend, you have the framework to be able to do it. Um, if you got to let people go or, or whatever, because the business isn't going to survive, it's really fast. It, this, this is going to tell you really quickly whether that's happening or needs to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think it definitely it takes the guesswork out of it. So you're not operating so much from uh, an emotional or feeling standpoint, but more of a factual standpoint. Uh, and obviously, that always leads to making better decisions because we're, we're emotional creatures. So we can we can tend to do things sometimes that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, nobody wants to lay anybody off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, sometimes you have to make those decisions. And if you can at least um, at least have some data to back up, what do I got to do? And why do I need to do it? Um, it's oh, definitely, yeah. And it, from your experience with working with this, with the different like gym owners and stuff like that, like why, why do you feel like this is such a, a struggle point for a lot of gym owners? Well, I mean, I look at it from the standpoint is a lot of guys that, uh, and when I say guys, I mean men and women that start their own gyms, um, they just love fitness, they love coaching, um, they want to help people. And the financial part of it um, is usually secondary, if not way farther down the line than that, right? So they don't necessarily have a business background. I mean, I didn't. Um, yeah. it's, it's just re it's just the reality. It's kind of learn as you go and you hire good people. And we were fortunate to get in with uh, FR really early in the game, which really, you know, helped that learning curve as far as that goes, as far as we that goes. But, um you know, they just don't understand the fundamentals of business. It's not something that's taught. Um, you got to go, you got to go get the coaching or you got to find the resources that you need to be able to do it. Um, and it's an uncomfortable situation. I mean, so much of money um, is around your own psychology. Um, and we could do like two podcasts about that, right? But the psychology of money and how we how we treat money and, and what we think about money and how we derive either our worth or lack of worth from how much money we have, for instance, all those things, you'd like to say they have nothing to do with how successful a business you run, but they have everything to do with it. Um, and sometimes it's just easier to ignore the question um, than it is to actually face the facts. I mean, that's being a human, right? So, um, and, and the other thing I would say around that is it, it is interesting to me um, it's almost like the last system that we ever think about. It's the one that in, in so many ways is so critical to our success, but, but we're going to have systems for coaching and employees and marketing. And, yeah. and then when it comes around the finances, we're like, we just kind of wing it. Um, yeah. And, you know, we would never do that when we trained a client, we wouldn't just guess, right. I mean, we're going to collect all the data points that we can, and we're going to make good decisions. Um, and it's the same way here. Um, 
I think it's just scary for people. And it's scary anytime. I, I think for me, it, it was interesting. Like it's scary for people to let somebody else be involved with their money because they, you know, I think that is a true barrier that people, that people have to get past is I actually need help in this area and I don't want to be judged in this area. So we put it off. Um, yeah, I don't judge anybody. Um, like we deal with what's there. Um, and it has nothing to do with your values as a person, how much money you have in your pocket. So um, sometimes just getting past that, all that. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and I, I, I can speak for like for myself and my own experience, like uh, I know like for a while before this, before I came into this with this world, um, like you're, you're kind of sold on this idea of thinking like, Oh, if you, if you, just just make sales like sales will solve everything uh it, it will fix everything like you just focus on money coming in and you'll be good and, and everything will work out uh, and that's kind of like what you're we're sold on this idea of believing that it's like oh, okay well i have a problem like i just need to make more sales <laughs> uh, and obviously that's not yeah. always the case <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean i like to say justin that you know sales is they're necessary yeah. um but if you can't you know, the purpose of, a, of a, a cash management system, which is really what Profit First is, it's to make the best use of every dollar that comes into your business. Like you don't want to waste any of them. Right. Um, so how can we structure a, a plan that makes sure that every dollar that I have coming into my business is actually operating in a way that that helps me grow or scale the business if that's what I want to put more money in my pocket if that's what I want. Usually those two things are go together. Right. But it's but it's also. Um, um, I'm trying to remember where I was going there. Um, it, it, you know, you don't want to waste your dollars basically. So to manage the money as it comes in, that's far different than, than even bookkeeping, right? Because bookkeeping, the purpose of bookkeeping, um, and everybody should have a bookkeeper. Like I didn't for the first four years I was in business and I say I had an idiot for a bookkeeper now, right? I just wasted so much time when investing in a good bookkeeper has more than paid for itself, but bookkeeping keeps you in compliance, right? And make sure that, that, you know, you're controlling your expenses. That's really the best thing QuickBooks is for is you can drill down and see where you're spending money. Um, and it keeps you compliant from a tax standpoint. So at the end of the year, if you have a good bookkeeper, you, you should be able to just hand your QuickBook file to your accountant and they can get it done in an hour. I mean, that's really the goal. Um, yeah. You shouldn't have to put in hours and hours. That's totally different than, than an, a cash management system, um, which is really designed to help you make good strategic business decisions around your cash flow. Um, and so many of us just, we just kind of wing it. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a simpler way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just curious too, if, someone's, if you can maybe kind of walk us through, like, what does the process look like? Um, say like someone was to start working with you on this, like, how do you go about, uh, taking this on with them and getting them on board with this. Yeah, what, what I love about Profit First is that uh, this is such a good analogy with, with a fitness pro, right? Because basically when somebody walks into your gym, you're not just going to start throwing a bunch of stuff at them and have them do a lot of stuff. You're going to do some sort of assessment with them, right? Um, whether it be, uh, you know, we step them on the, the body fat machine and we, we check that, we assess that. Uh, we might do an FMS with them and access their movement quality, you know, get a baseline strength, right? That's what you would do before you would write a plan for somebody. It's the exact same thing with Profit First when we implement that. We're going to take a look at your books, um, usually um, up to two years, 
of, of your of your financial data out of QuickBooks or however you keep that, right? And the point is, here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, okay, Justin, if you had been running your business using profit first, here's what your tax burden, your current tax burden is. Here's how much you're paying yourself as a percentage. Here's what your operating expenses are. And here's if you're making a profit or not. Um, and we would say, all right, here's your baseline. Like, here's those percentages. Now, what should a healthy business of your size or what could a healthy business of your size be doing? Um, you know, here's your percentages. There's those percentages. And we write a four quarter plan. Sometimes um, it rarely takes just four quarters to get there, depending. But that's where we start. Right. We say, all right, four quarter plan. We're going to move your, your percentages are here. The first quarter, we're going to get them here. The second quarter, we target here. The third quarter, we target here. The fourth quarter, we target here. We build that case up, we, we keep track of the data, we start doing our allocations, and then we, we, if we have to adjust, just like you do with a client, right? They, they get into a plateau, you gotta make a change, right? And that's what we do as coaches. We say, all right, here's, here's a sticking point, how do we overcome this sticking point? Um, and basically it's, it's, it's like, for me, it was like a no brainer because that's what I did with my fitness clients. And now it's very similar process as far as, um, gym owners go so yeah, yeah. no definitely that's what i love about this it's just how simple it is it's not overly complex and i i think like the the probably i mean maybe you can shed more light on this obviously because you're working with people on this but i've said probably like the the biggest thing is just getting over the mental blocks of Adapt, accepting this process and like you said like allowing people into their financial world because it is a very obviously vulnerable and exposing experience especially if maybe they not necessarily haven't been doing the best things <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think so often um that is the case just getting people to um understand that there is a solution to the problem um i think sometimes nobody wants to do more work right um, so, so it's a matter of, you know, show me how this is actually, you know, what is it going to do for me and how can it help me? And you're spot on. I mean, it's got to be simple. We don't we as business owners don't need a bunch more to do. Mm. Um, but once the system is up and running and we 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 take about 12 weeks to do that, to get the, a full business quarter, to get the system up and running. Once once we're about six weeks into that process, you're literally spending no more than 10 minutes a week to actually operate the system. Mm. Um, it just doesn't take that long to do. Um, and then, you know, we, we meet every couple of weeks during that first three months. And then we, I normally just go on a quarterly rhythm with my clients. Um, we just take a, a, a look at data quarter by quarter, make the adjustments as we need to, um, you know, and there's some advanced stuff you can do as far as other adding other accounts and, you know, but the, the object is to not add so much on it to the beginning that you don't want to do it, right? So let's make it simple. Let's just get into this easy to operate rhythm, build the data, data points up and make decisions based on those data points. Um, it's pretty yeah, much, I think, yeah. What I liked about it too, was like, to me, how it like, it gamified uh, the financial side of things like mm -hmm. it, was, it was kind of fun to do the allocations and like move the money around and stuff like that yeah it was um it definitely changed my perspective on going in and, and handling your money rather than like saying being something that you 
dread to look at because uh, you're not sure if it's going to be something you want to see. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of cool, too, because we use uh, I developed what, what I call a fit for profit dashboard. But basically, it's the allocation calculator and you make your allocations, then you record them as you do them. And it, it breaks down everything by month and then by quarter and then by year. And there's a little dashboard up there and you can see hey, this is how much I allocated Q1. This is how much I allocated Q2. And there's there's no hiding from it. It's right there. You don't have to pour through a bunch of financial statements to say, all right, I made more in Q2 than I did Q1 or I made less. All right, well, why? And, um, you know, so it's, it's just instant. Um, I don't like spending more time on this stuff than I have to either. So, and yeah. obviously we still use this system, uh, you know, with the current business, so. Um, and it made a huge impact uh, in our business, particularly as we were scaling up and then to sell. So we we started um, we started doing profit first about three and a half years before we sold that business. And the results of of that um, were about three times. So it allowed us to get about three times for the business what we would have otherwise in baseline wow. year number one. So it was pretty huge for us. Um, yeah, when you awesome. sell a fitness business, well, we can get into it, but when you sell a fitness business or a service-based business, basically you're selling revenues to, you know, you're selling clients, right? So yeah. um, when the business is valued, it's a multiplier of benefit to owner. So that would be how much do you, get paid out of your business and then how much, how profitable is the business? Basically those two things. And there's a multiplier applied to that depending on, you know, your location in the country, what kind of business, et cetera. So anytime you, your benefit to owner triples, you just basically tripled how much you could get for the business. So yeah, is, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people don't begin, you know, we don't think about selling the business, right. We just think yeah. about, you know, we want to operate the business, um, but the more valuable you can make the business as you go, um, the better at the end, if you do decide you want to sell. Yeah, it, it gives you choices, right? Um, we had the choice to sell um, to Megan because of those decisions. Um, we weren't looking at a fire sale, which was, which was pretty cool. So, and she, of course, I could brag on her all day long, but she's actually taking the business and, 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 and made it even better in, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty cool to see. You know, no, there's some legacy stuff involved there too, right? You don't want to just start a business and shut it down. No. Uh, you want to see it go, keep, keep going on. So it's been pretty cool. I love that. So I was wondering kind of maybe if we could like to drive this home a little bit more, uh, if you can share maybe a, a story of someone in mind that you've worked with that came to you that was in – a not so great place financially and is now uh, in a thriving place, like what, what their journey looked like and, and how you were able to help them get to that place. Yeah, I can think of uh, one guy in particular, um, still an FR client, but he, you know, he was, his biggest challenge was servicing debt. So he had both personal and business debt. And when you have debt in the business, that's definitely one of the things that we address is how do we accelerate debt payoff? Um, because that just hamstrings you. And, uh, and, um, you know, I know not everybody can bootstrap a business. We were able to do that never, never borrowed any money when we started the business. But, but if you've gotten your, you get yourself into debt, it's really hard to dig yourself out of it because you're still trying to grow the business. You have all these responsibilities. Well, how do I get out of debt? 
So profit first, actually, without going into too much of it, but we actually structure an accelerated debt payoff. And um, I can't remember the exact numbers. Um, last time I was at a FR thing, we actually put it up on the screen. But basically, he paid off over 20, 20 grand worth of personal and another 20 grand worth of um, business debt in less than a year, structuring oh, wow. it this way. And this is a... And, you say, okay, well, what, what were his revenues? Well, this was a business that was doing, um, I think when we got to him, uh, when I started working with him, a little under $20,000 a month. Um, so when you, you know, it's not like, okay, he was rolling in a hundred K yeah. a month and he paid off 40 K. So what, I mean, that was a significant amount of money to be able to pay off in a, in a rapid, um, amount of time. And then, you know, it just gave him flexibility. Then you start talking about, okay, now that I freed this money up, what can I do? And he subsequently, you know, started doing some investing and putting some away for retirement and all these other things that we don't necessarily think about as entrepreneurs, right? Um, you know, if you if you own your own business and you don't set up a 401k, ain't nobody else going to do it for you, right? So, um, you know, being in a cash position, being able to put those that amount those things away. Uh, but you got to be debt free to do it. And you have to have a, a, a system to be able to control your expenses. Um, so you're able to, to free those things up. So through his process of the accelerated debt payoff, um, did it affect his other allocations like and like him making money himself? Like did that? Well, I, um, I'd have to look at his dashboard, but I know he more than doubled his salary over that same period of time. So wow. it wasn't, it wasn't like, this was hamstring in the business. Basically, he just got a context for the first time on what was possible to be able to do with the cash he already had coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and then that just frees you up for growth too, because then you can reinvest, you know, if you have a marketing system that works, right, you should be able to, uh, you know, get a return on investment for your marketing. So if you have cash freed up, now I can invest more into marketing that's working, that just helps me grow faster. So, um, all those things can happen simultaneously. Um, but once again, like we said, not, not if you're just winging it, um, yeah, no. you know, so many, so many business owners, they just keep throwing money at marketing without measuring an ROI and then they just get themselves into trouble. Um, mm. So being able to do all those things simultaneously is really where the magic happens, but you just have to have a framework to do it and realize, Hey, I might have to put the brakes on this a little bit, till I get here, but here's how we're going to do it. Um, so it's just having that structure and being able to figure that out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point to hit there is that, okay, yeah, there may be some sacrifices in the beginning of getting this established, but when you have like a means to an end, like, you know, where you're going and how you're getting there, I think that makes you feel a lot better. I think where people struggle with making sacrifice or stepping into the unknown is is just that it's the unknown like there really is no plan there right. um so i think this definitely takes care of that well i mean i would say uh, the other thing i would say about that is so many business owners that i um that i work with particularly in the beginning ha have no structured way to pay themselves um they do not take a regular salary um i would say that's probably well over 50% of the, of the clients that when I first start working with them, well, how do you pay yourself? Well, you know, when there's some left over, I, I well, that's job number one um, for me is to get you paying yourself because you're not going to, you're not going to keep doing what you're doing for very long or able to be what you're doing for very long if you don't have a regular paycheck. So 
you know, how do we, how can we set that up? And it's probably not what you want to be making, but it's better than what you're doing now. And um, that just gives you ease of mind. And even if it's a thousand dollars a month that, that, you know, and you were just taking scraps before um, that just makes a big difference in your quality of life. So. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, cause that's why they're doing this at the end of the day. Like, yes, it is obviously have impact and help other people, but you also are doing this to create like freedom and options for yourself. And absolutely, you can't do that if, if you're not doing it. That's right. <laughs> you're not, not giving back to yourself. Absolutely. Uh, so as we work towards uh, kind of wrapping up this uh, conversation, this has been like an amazing conversation. I think extremely uh, insightful. Uh, I like to end on a note of like kind of what would be like a kind of some type of message you want to leave with a, a gym owner say let, let's maybe make it around like say a gym owner that is struggling in their finances and they're afraid to step more into this area this arena to fix this like what would be something like you'd want to say to them that would be more, more valuable for them to hear yeah i mean you know uh, the, the first thing that comes to, to mind was you know what's the definition of insanity right it's doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result and uh you know, as a coach, um, we understand the value of coaching or we should, right? And if we believe in what we're doing and we believe in coaching, then we understand that sometimes uh, I just got to suck it up and get some help because I, I can't figure this out on my own. And I, I just look back and say, hey, if I had said, uh, you know what, Nick Barry, I don't need your help back in the beginning and just tried to wing it, I, we would have never built a business we could sell for a million dollars. It just wouldn't have happened. Um, you know, and it's the same thing here. I don't talk any, you know, when I talk to a prospect, I don't try to talk you into anything. Um, it's just basically, here's what I do. Here's how I do it. Here's why I think I can help you. Um, if that sounds good to you, let's do that. Um, because at the end of the day, they got to want to do it and they got to want to change. Um, they got to want something to be different. My, my burden is, Hey, let's not let it get to the point where you're desperate because yeah. then you're making decisions based out of desperation, which is never a good place to be in. Um, but, you know, we saw some, we saw some clients through COVID because of the way that they ran their business prior to this, you know, this 18th two year journey we've been on through this for fitness businesses and service businesses in particular, if they hadn't done it, they might not be here. Um, and we can't always guarantee that, uh, you know, uncle Sam's going to be there to bail us out. Um, so the more proactive we are now, um, the better, um, as far as that goes. So, I mean, my message is, look, if you don't want to do full bone profit first, you're not ready to do it yet. Just set up that profit account, set up a savings account and put 1% away. If you just do that, it'll change your, it'll change your world. Uh, I, it really will. Um, once you understand that, yeah, I can run my business off of a little bit less, um, and I can actually save some money out of my business without it affecting my operations. It just gives confidence to be able to go a little bit further. So, yeah. Well, there you go. I think that's a, a solid place to, to wrap up. Awesome. And- uh, Dean, I just want to say thank you again so much for your time and, and your dedication to your clients and uh, this industry as a whole. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate the opportunity to have been here. And as you mentioned before, I mean, for, for those that like want to continue this conversation and are interested in Profit First and, and talking to you more about this and their unique situation, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? 
Yeah, I mean, really the best way is just to send me an email at dean at fitforprofit.com and just say, hey, yeah, I heard you on, you know, heard you with Justin. Uh, and, and basically I always uh, willing to get on to, uh, you know, about a 30 minute call and just talk through your situation and, uh, you know, just see where you're at and see um, if this is something that might work for you. And and then uh, if we're the, if we're the right people to help you make that happen. So. Perfect. And uh, if you're listening to this in a, in a place or a time when you're not able to write that down or remember, don't worry, we'll have his email in uh, the show notes as well. So you can easily contact uh, him there. And I, I do hope you, you do. If this is something that's like you feel uh, any type of uh, inclination to step into or, or interest in, like do it. I mean, that's how things open up. That's how doors open up as you take that first step uh, and reach out, ask for help, get answers and and move forward. Uh, so thank you again for that, Dean. And, and Thank you to the listener. Thank you. Uh, because obviously, if we didn't have you, there wouldn't be a show. And, and I'm happy that you're looking for ways and resources to grow your business because that's what it's about. It's what we have to all keep doing. You can't just settle. Uh, but more importantly, now that you've learned this and you've, you've listened to this conversation with Dean and be able to take away what some of the amazing things that he shared, apply it. Do something with it. You, you can't just stop at the listening part. You have to mm -hmm. actually take action. Uh, and with that being said, I look forward to having you join us on our next episode of the, the Fitness Business Freedom Show. Thank you so much and take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Fitness Business Freedom Show. On behalf of Fitness Revolution and myself, we are thrilled you are looking for ways and resources to move your business forward. And we are honored to be that source for you. If you'd like to receive more business building support from us, be sure to head over to the show notes and join our subscriber list and stay on top of all the industry insights that matter most to you. Now, before I close out today's show, if you found this episode beneficial in any way, I just ask you to leave us a simple review to help other gym owners find us and discover this show. Thank you so much, and I will see you on the next episode of the Fitness Business Freedom Show.